Happy holidays from the Wooden Spoon. This is Sean. Ian. And Edie. We hope you have a great holiday season. We got lots of great classes. Don't forget to shop at the Mom and Pops this season. Happy holidays from Tanner and Ramona and Uncharted Books. Hi, this is Frank from Monterey Storage. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays from Fireside Restaurant, open 365 days a year and located across from historic Rose Hill Cemetery. Come out for a Thanksgiving, Christmas, or New Year's dinner. Happy holidays from all of us here at Great Lakes Clinical Trials. For those of you who don't know, we are the big blue awnings at the corner of Foster and Ashland. If you're looking to warm up and come say hi, come into our lobby. We can get you some hot chocolate and you can get to know us. Hi, this is Mark from Jerry's wishing everybody a happy holiday. Happy holidays. We're inviting you all to come in for a Thanksgiving sandwich around that time, but it runs for a month, which is turkey and stuffing and all the trimmings on bread. And then over Christmas, it morphs into a more of a pork-based version of pretty much the same sandwich. Happy holidays. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Steven. Happy, Happy holidays, holidays from, from Edgewater, Edgewater Candles, Candles, making spirits bright since 2016. Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we are joined by Lauren Ocello of Twiddly Bits. Twiddly Bits is the labor of love from this former chocolatier and takes the best the seasons have to offer and turns them into scrumptious jams, fruit butters, pickles, and plant-based cheeses that you and your loved ones can enjoy all year long. They help you put breakfast on the table, snacks on the buffet, and treats in everyone's tummies that everyone can feel good about. Welcome, Lauren. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's very cold out, so we're lucky it's warm in here. Um, But we like to start out each episode with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and where you come from. Sure. Um, Not a native Chicagoan, but I've definitely been here the longest in the area since 1999. And I had initially gone to DePaul for secondary education in history, but being a teacher wasn't quite the career path for me. I loved history. I loved the students. I really enjoyed teaching. But if you're not getting back what you give, you can't give the most to your students. And since it's their education, it's definitely imperative that they have the best people in front of them every day. So I figured, find something that makes me happy. Where do I like to be? And that has always been the kitchen. So I went to Chicago's um, very own French pastry school, and I got my certificate in baking and pastry. And I was a chocolatier for actually about three and a half years here in the city. And back at the beginning of the year, I decided to try and branch out and do something for myself. And that's where Twiddly Bits was born. And explain exactly what a chocolatier is and does. Oh, absolutely. So it is not as glamorous or as uh, fancy as it sounds, but what I did is I worked with chocolates and candies. So I didn't necessarily make them from bean to bar, but once the chocolate is produced, I would make all of the lovely little bonbons, chocolate bars, chocolate dipped items, caramels, marshmallows, all those sort of lovely extra things that nobody needs but definitely wants. Well, you started Twiddly Bits this year, and you answer this question on your website, but what is or what are Twiddly Bits? Oh, Twiddly Bits? That, um, (laughs) it's a phrase I've used for a while now to describe fun little extra things. And when I was trying to describe to my husband my grand business plan, I told him I was going to make jams, fruit butters, pickles, you know, all those little Twiddly Bits that make things fun or delicious. 
And that's where I realized, okay, that's my business name. It's going to be Twiddly Bits. Can you tell us more about the products you offer and the motivation behind creating and selling the vegan cheeses in particular? Sure. Um, I'll start with the the products and then I'll mm-hmm. end with vegan cheese and kind of answer that question as well. Uh, the products that I make are jams, fruit butters, pickles, and the vegan cheeses. And in the jams, pickles, and fruit butters, I try to offer a wide variety of flavor options, texture options, something that could be crowd pleasers. Despite your palate, whether you're adventurous, like my Thai-spiced watermelon rind pickles, or whether you're a little bit more traditional and I have a blackberry raspberry jam or an apple butter, there's always going to be something that you can find for yourself, for your aunt, for your kids that will be something that's delicious and you're proud to serve. Uh, To your second point about the vegan cheeses, I'm a lactose intolerant vegan, so I wanted to make food that I can eat and that I liked to eat. So out there, there are, I feel like, a couple different categories of vegan cheese. There's very good vegan cheese that is very expensive. And then there's um, lower cost vegan cheese that's not as good. And so I think a lot of times we settle for lower cost and not as good just because we don't want to invest a lot of money into say, a tub of cream cheese or a little wedge of cheddar. So I wanted to kind of make something that would be right in the middle, something super delicious and not too spendy for people. Can you walk us through, like, what is the process of making a vegan cheese? Because I know for folks who aren't familiar, they maybe have no idea what's even in a vegan cheese. Yeah, like, where do you find a vegan cow? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all cows vegan are kind of goat. vegan. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you had brought uh, chevra, you said, so the vegan goat cheese. So um, what what is that? I know there's usually a lot of, um, what is that yeast called? Nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast, yes. Yes, good old niche. (laughs) Um, So absolutely, you can do vegan cheese a couple different ways. Some people choose a soy base. Some people choose a cashew base. Me, myself, I use an almond base because I like the texture. And also, I like the taste of almonds more than cashews. So it's something that I can snack on while I work if I feel like it. Um, But it sort of depends on the product, which form of almonds that I'll use. A lot of times it's almond meal, the same kind of very finely ground almonds you'd use for macaron or um, like a gluten-free flour alternative. That gives a really lovely, silky, smooth texture to my chev style and my cream cheeses. And then I also do ricotta cheeses. So to get a little bit more of that lovely granular texture that a good ricotta cheese will have, I soak slivered almonds and then that makes it Softer, easier to process, creamy and spreadable when you blend it. So all of my cheeses are almond-based and gluten-free, soy-free, peanut-free. I think that covers it. (laughs) But delicious. Oh, thank you. I think so, too. (laughs) I had the, at Arts Week and Fest, I picked up the garden vegetable cream cheese. She is a popular one. That was really good. That got me through. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. And we very much enjoy your pickled onions. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I think those are really delightful to put on just about anything that you want to give a little extra to, like a salad, um, a chicken salad sandwich, appetizers. It's a workhorse. So, you know, you just started. What has it kind of been like for you over these past few months that you've been in business and, you know, getting the word out there? Sure. Um, No sleep. (laughs) My joke um, is start your own business if you um, love work and hate sleep. 
but it's so fun. That's the difference. People will say, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's a lie. You will work and you will work so hard, but you're doing it with absolute joy and excitement. So the last several months have been super duper busy, but overwhelmingly supported and loved, whether it's by y'all at the Chamber of Commerce, other people that put on events that let me do pop-ups with them, local merchants at cafes like Helix Cafe. They had me twice this past week for different pop-up events, and I think that's just incredibly generous. And so, yes, it's busy. Yes, there's no sleep, but there's so much support that it makes it doable. And a little birdie from Helix, a.k.a. Caitlin, told us that you might be working on a vegan menu with Helix? Yes, I am really excited about working further with Helix. Um, There's some retail opportunities. And then since they are a cafe, they've got bagels. And what goes better with bagels than cream cheese? And not everybody can do dairy. Not everybody chooses to do dairy. Sometimes you want to try something different. So I think having some vegan cream cheese options might be really nice for folks in the community. Yeah, we think so too. Thank you. How do you go about, you know, with, with making your products you know, how do you go about deciding kind of what new things to make? Do you have particular folks, you know, your friends that you test things on and get feedback from? Oh, yes. All of the neighbors on my block have had so many jams and pickles to try all summer. And I'm so thankful for them and their feedback because that's what helped me design my product line that's currently available. Um, I look to see what's fresh, available, and in season. And since I kind of missed for the summer season, a lot of the opportunity to sell the product, I just bought a lot of really delicious fresh produce and I processed it for freezing so that over the winter season when all we get are really good citruses, we can have other jams, pickles, things that are really tasty and fresh that were great from the sunny seasons, but in the gloomy, gross February days. And you brought something for us today that we can try. What are we going to taste here? This one is my Koval Bourbon Peach Vanilla Bean Jam. I actually had a tasting with the lovely folks over at the Koval Distillery so that I would be able to use their name and their logo. And they gave me the thumbs up. They really enjoyed it. And I had such fun time tasting with them and seeing their distillery. So I hope you like it as much as they did and as much as a lot of other people do. We're going to try it on air here and hopefully get this nice little pop. Oh, she's a quiet one. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you heard the jar jar opening. Um, Great. So we're going to dive in here. And while y'all are trying that, just to let you know, it is a very simple jam. All of my jams are fruit first. So the first ingredient is always going to be the fruit that I advertise as the fruit in the jam or butter. So peaches, coval bourbon, some sugar, some lemon juice, and some Granny Smith apple. That mm. is it for the ingredients. Wow, this that's is lovely. Mm-hmm. No slurping for you today, folks. <laughs> Not well, like the we, olive oil we tested. We tested some olive oil recently from City Olive, and oh, and that was the <laughs> way that you're supposed to <laughs> test mm. out sample olive oil is by slurping. Oh, kind of like wine where yes. you aerate it across the palate. Exactly. Like- and so we were practicing our slurping skills then. But. Excellent. I'm sure that made for wonderful audio. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> That's so good. good. Here, have another. 
I was like, do I dare? Yes. (laughs) Double dipping is definitely encouraged. And vanilla, I mean, Mm -hmm. the vanilla bean really comes through that. And vanilla beans are not, I I mean, I don't think they're easy to cook Mm -hmm. at all. Vanilla is a tricky one. They are a little bit difficult to split and scrape, Mm -hmm. um, but I will split them, scrape them, and cook the whole shebang down with the fruit, with the bourbon, let it sit and meld, and then they're removed right before I jar them so that you get all of the vanilla bean, all of the seeds, all of the essence, as much as I can render out of that vanilla bean for you, I do. Yeah, I would say it kind of hits you peach, like you said, vanilla, and then the bourbon, sort of the after mm-hmm. taste, which is great. Is this one available on your website if folks are intrigued I'm... by our <laughs> tasting here? Um, everything that I do offer is listed on my website, so definitely feel free to reach out to me via the email, which is listed on the website. I also have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so let me know if there's something that anyone wants to order. I'm local and happy to do deliveries for wonderful friends and we will make sure to link all of that of course in the show notes um where where are you cooking out of currently sure right now i'm doing kitchen chicago which is sort of in the west loop west town hinterlands but joy of all joys the most wonderful person diane at um mindful baking which is not far from here had a little opening in her shared kitchen space so i'll be going from 45 minutes drive to seven minutes drive which is going to be fabulous and I can get in the kitchen a lot easier to make way more products for the holiday season for everybody and mindful bakery does vegan baker baking yes they're vegan and gluten-free so they try to be very cognizant of people's dietary concerns allergens they're a really meticulously clean operation I actually had an event there the other evening and it was hosted in their kitchen and that place was it seems like a perfect fit. You got to get them to roll out vegan gluten-free bagels for your Oh my gosh, cheese. that would be a delight. <laughs> well, we spoke a little bit about you, the events you've done with Helix, but events are a good way for you to get your product out there and meet folks. And um, can you tell us more about some events you have coming up? I know you'll be doing the Holiday Fair at Chicago Waldorf School right here um, on Ashland and Foster. Absolutely. So I will have some events in November. I think by the time this airs, um, The most pertinent will be Small Business Saturday for the Pilsen Holiday Market, which is going to be very exciting on 18th and Pilsen. And it is from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So you will have plenty of opportunity to come see vendors such as myself. There's jewelry vendors. There's clothing vendors. There's personal care vendors. They're having food. They're having live music. So it'll be a party all day for your Small Business Saturday needs. As well as you mentioned, the Chicago Waldorf School in December, which I'm incredibly excited about as well. It'll be my first time vending with them, obviously, since this is my first year um, as a full business. And then I will also have um, Chicago Vegan Test Kitchen in December for their holiday market. And what's that about? I saw that on your website. Oh, Chicago Vegan Test Kitchen is super duper fun. It is vegan vendors from all over the city in various different categories. You have prepared foods. You have foods to take home for gifts or merchandise like myself. You have clothing vendors, ethical leather alternatives. You've got soaps that don't include any animal products. Just really great people trying to give the best products that they know how to make to the vegans and non-vegans of Chicago. 
do want to definitely mention that just because it says vegan doesn't mean if you're an omnivore, if you're a vegetarian, if you're a pescatarian, no matter how you eat or live, you are welcome at these events. We want to see you. So I know we talked about this too a little bit, but as a new business, what do you feel like your biggest learning curve to date has been? Oh, being a business. (laughs) I think the learning curve is stepping out from being in back of house, meaning preparing the food, making in my previous jobs, making the chocolates, making the candies, to now making the jams, to being a business and figuring out the best price points that are affordable but also profitable for myself, how to market myself to events, how to source a overhead tent for inclement weather for an outdoor event. There's just a lot of plates spinning and figuring out how to do each one to the best of my ability has been a challenge. (laughs) So I guess, long story short, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Would you give any advice specifically to someone in your shoes just starting this venture, whether it's food or another independent maker um, who's looking to become an entrepreneur and start out on their own? For sure. Go to your local chamber of commerce. And I'm not saying that because you've been so kind as to invite me onto your podcast. But truly, when I had questions or didn't quite know where to start, I sent y'all an email and David responded and we had a couple meetings. He put me in touch with the right people, gave me suggestions on avenues to look for further business opportunities, people to talk to on licensing. And Through that, I was able to get my very first event, which was Andersonville Arts Week with you guys. And for that, I am eternally grateful. So whatever neighborhood you're in, go to that Chamber of Commerce. Say that you want to start your own business, and they're going to be so excited to help you. Well, thank you for that. And it was such a pleasure being next to you at that event. And it was the first of the Andersonville Arts Fest event as well. Um, And I know you did really well at that at that event. It was so much fun. Plus, I was sandwiched between you guys and a pet photography booth. So I had the nicest people on one side and the nicest pets on the other side. So it couldn't have been a bad day no matter how I sliced it. Well, yeah. And you kept your energy level so high, even though it started to rain. I was like, I'm so glad you're here because (laughs) it got cold. But um, I think that was all the coffee. The coffee definitely helped make the smiles and just adrenaline I think too being I kept calling it my debutante ball to people and I couldn't help but be happy that I finally had the opportunity to show what it is I do and I had such a warm reception from not just y'all at the chamber but from everyone that attended whether they just stopped by for a sample said hello and wished good luck or actually made purchases it was better than I could have ever imagined. It's hard for folks to refuse a sample. Absolutely. Like, I have snacks. Please come see the snacks, lady. (laughs) I'm not trying to get you in this car today, but please try some okra. Please try some blueberry fig jam. I really like these things. Well, it seems like you're doing pretty well where you're at, but if you had the choice to, you know, switch places with another Andersonville business for a day, which one would you choose? Oh. Uh, Probably the t-shirt I'm wearing today, which is Wooly Mammoth, because I love that store so much. You can find something for anybody there, and I truly mean anybody. So um, 
yeah, I think I would switch places there and I would comb over the whole shebang looking at all of the interesting, weird, wild stuff. Plus, they have a very cute dog named Melvin. And mm-hmm. I love Melvin. Shop dogs are always nice. They're the best. It makes going to work even more special when you can have your little guy or girl with you. Um, Have you ever t- purchased anything from there and taken it home? What's have been your purchases from Holy oh. Mail? Because they just have, they do, they have a lot of stuffed taxidermied animals and anatomy Um, type things and bugs and all sorts of things severed heads yes shrunken heads Mm -hmm. they've got um a squirrel rodeo which is a hoot and a half um but yeah i have actually brought home a lot from woolly mammoth um i have a area in our home called lauren land which is basically all of my books and a chair for reading and all of my weird stuff that my husband has so generously let me bring home but definitely doesn't want in the front room so I have some wet preservation octopus in a jar I have a herbarium which is a big compendium of herbs gathered in I believe Sweden by one family at the beginning of the 20th century just all pressed native plants and so I keep flipping through it trying to find my very favorite but I can't I find things that are different and new and more different flowers to love. Um, What else do I have from them? I have the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. I have um, this very interesting mask, and I don't know where it was from. I believe it was a a Mexican mask, but I named him Bartleby, and he's on the wall with, oh, all of my Krampus um, memorabilia, I guess. I have several framed Krampus cards. I have a little Krampus book. I just love the mythology and mythos around Krampus. I think he is quite like by far the best folklore that one could could follow. (laughs) Okay, so summarize Krampus for us. Okay, so Krampus is like the anti-Santa. So in Germany and Austria, little kids are told, be good and you'll get lovely things from Santa, St. Nicholas. They'll put candy or fruit in your shoes. But if you're not a very good girl or boy, that doesn't really work to say, okay, you won't get candy or fruit in your shoes if you're bad. If you're bad, this um, goat demon will (laughs) come to your house and beat you with sticks and drag you away in a bag with chains. So Germany really takes their folklore seriously, and it's probably why all of the German children are very well behaved. Um, I feel like we need to have a, a Krampus story for our, our holiday our yes. holiday podcast. Yeah, our holiday. Yeah. There are a lot of really fun Christmas mythological beings. Maybe beyond we had a lot of misbehaved children out there. Yeah, well, there were. There aren't anymore. <laughs> I was say maybe Lauren will come back and read us the Krampus story. Is there a good to. Krampus story to read on the podcast? I'm sh- yes, I actually have a very brief children's Krampus book that came with the stuff yeah, Krampus, we should so totally I would be happy that. to do that for we the We were trying to come episode. up with how we're going to make the holiday episode. It's so Krampus, Hanukkah, and then we'll end with the old night standard before Christmas. Night before Christmas. There yeah. you go. <laughs> that would be a hoot and a half. I'm so into it. <laughs> um, well, my final question is, um, you kind of alluded, you missed the market season to sell this year, but what are your hopes for this next year as you move forward? Um Farmers markets, shows, what kind of things can we find you at? Yeah, what's the future of Twiddly Bits? Oh my goodness. It seems so bright. 
Um, I am going to apply for just about every farmer's market that I can, but there are my top feelings for farmer's markets. Obviously, Andersonville Farmer's Market. I love the Andersonville Farmer's Market. And not just because I'm sitting here in Andersonville on this podcast. It is a lovely farmer's market with great curated products and wonderful people that display every Wednesday. Also want to try for Lincoln Square. Um, There's some in like the Edgewater, Rogers Park area, mostly places. um, Ooh, and the Logan Square one. That one is divine. So mostly ones that are easy to get to for me because schlepping a whole bunch of glass jars of jam and pickles can be a little precarious. So I want to make sure all the babies get where they're going appropriately so they can go home with you just as nicely as I packed them. Um, But then there are other markets that I'd really like to get into. I know Revolution Brewing does a couple markets every year, so I would like to try to get into those, continue with Chicago Vegan Test Kitchen. And there's another lovely one that I've been involved with called Handmade Happy Hours that operates here on the north side. In September, we did a happy hour and fundraiser for suicide prevention that went really, really well. So I'd like to do more work with them because I think that they have a very fun message and they try to give back as well. And have you procured your outdoor tent? I have not. I've been um, pricing and checking on reviews and I have a couple narrowed down, but now it's really about price and color. Go with white. But white shows dirt. It does, but it'll it'll benefit you longer in the long run when you if you start applying to things like Renegade. It won't fade. Or um, some of those shows require white tents. So. Oh, all right, yeah. white tent it is. I a will little find. tip from a, another maker over here. <laughs> Perfect. I will accept all tips, tricks, well wishes, good advice, all of it. Well, what kind of car do you have to? <laughs> Shut your stuff around. Right now, I'm actually looking for a new one. Um, the The fit is something that was looking kind of nice because it's got a hatchback and it's pretty roomy, but it's also small enough to be able to parallel park where I need to parallel park because I don't need a boat. I am only so good at parallel parking with certain vehicles and um, no minivans for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Twiddly Bits, please visit twiddlybits.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. 